Welcome to the Voice Tech Podcast. Join me, Carl Robinson, in conversation with the world's leading voice technology experts. Discover the latest products, tools, and techniques, and learn to build the voice apps of the future. That's not what happens in conversation. We're not going to create conversational things until we understand that that is how conversation works. Hello, and welcome back. Today's episode is entitled Conversation Analysis, in which you'll hear my conversation with two experts in the field, Elizabeth Stoko, Professor of Social Interaction at Loughborough University in the UK, and Saul Albert, Postdoctoral Research Associate at Tufts University in Massachusetts, United States. So in our conversation, we talk about what conversation analysis is, what it means to be conversational. Uh, we discuss some of the different conversation settings that uh, Elizabeth and Saul have examined in their research such as first dates, uh, crisis negotiation, and sales calls, and how some of the findings uh, can be used as tactics to influence the outcomes of these, uh, of these interactions. We discuss the implications of their findings for voice tech, of course, including nudging uh, and the ethical implications of uh, persuasive voice interfaces. And then we even uncover the voice industry's most closely guarded secret, that today's conversational interfaces are in fact not conversational at all, so as you can see, this is a thought-provoking episode that explores the fundamental mechanisms of conversation that we as technologists are trying to emulate. And uh, so it's especially useful for anyone involved in designing or promoting conversational interfaces uh, and will make you think about conversation in a whole new way. Elizabeth has just released a book called Talk, The Science of Conversation. Uh, it's out now and I encourage everyone to check it out. Uh, she wrote the book specifically for people outside the academic world uh, to introduce regular folk like you and me uh, to the basic concepts in the field uh, and the many important insights that it's generated. And to illustrate some of the concepts, her book is packed with fun examples of all the different kinds of conversation uh, and is a very accessible introduction to the topic. In fact, I've written a roundup of the best books on conversation analysis, uh, which include concepts like turn-taking and how the choice of words can dramatically affect the action taken by the user. Uh, you'll find that at voicetechpodcast.com slash books. Uh, on that page, there's the link to Elizabeth's book, uh, Talk, The Science of Conversation, as well as many other recommended books on conversation analysis. So that's voicetechpodcast.com slash books. If you like the show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. Just go to voicetechpodcast.com slash iTunes. It literally takes 30 seconds and it really helps me out. Um, and if you'd like to become a patron and support the show, uh, you can go to voicetechpodcast.com slash donate. Uh, there you can donate for as little as $1 a month uh, to help keep the show ad-free. Other resources that you can enjoy include our Reddit community, uh, slash r slash voicetech, and uh, my Twitter feed, at voicetechcarl. Okay, so now I bring you today's guests, Elizabeth Stoko and Saul Albert. All right. So I'm here with uh, Elizabeth Stokoe, uh, Professor of Social Interaction at Loughborough University in the UK, and Saul Albert, Postdoctoral Research Associate at Tufts University in uh, Massachusetts, uh, the United States. Today's topic is conversation analysis, which is incredibly pertinent to uh, voice interfaces and uh, the voice first revolution. Welcome to the show, uh, Elizabeth and Saul. Hi, Carl. Hello. All right. So, um, Elizabeth, let's start with you. Um, could you just briefly introduce yourself? Tell us how you got interested in the, the field of conversation analysis and, and what research uh, topics you're currently working on? Yes, I'm Liz Stoko. I'm in the School of Social Sciences at Loughborough University. My background is actually in psychology. 
which I guess might make people think is an obvious feel for someone who studies conversation. One thing that we might talk about later is how rarely psychologists actually study real conversation and real people talking, but we'll, we'll get back to that. Um, okay. So I got interested in the field of conversational analysis by chance, not because I was trained in it whilst I did my undergraduate degree, but because I came to it later when I used it to address the problems that I encountered in my PhD research. Interesting. Okay. And Saul, how about you? So my background's in the arts. Um, I was lucky enough to be trained in the Queen Mary University of London uh, Media and Arts Technology Doctoral Training Centre. Uh, and I finished, a lot, well, end of 2016 and was exposed to conversation analysis um, via the cognitive science and human computer interaction route because I was doing my PhD in a computer science department. So, mm. yeah, I was very lucky to have the chance to see um, from a really, really quite small community of uh, human interaction and human computer interaction researchers who are interested in this stuff, how to get my hands on it. And then was lucky enough to meet people like Liz um, at the uh, doctoral training networks that exist in the UK for uh, PhD students looking at conversation analysis. And that's how I got into it. Fantastic. So conversation analysis, that's, that's something, that's not a term that I'd come across before uh, meeting you two guys. But having done a little bit of research into it, I can see it's absolutely relevant to everything to do with voice interfaces. So can we start um, perhaps with you, Liz, to just define like what is conversation analysis and, and, and what, it, what does it mean to be conversational? Conversation analysis involves collecting a large number of audio or video recordings of naturally occurring conversation in, in workplace or domestic settings or in, in any organisation. And then we transcribe and analyse the recordings using a technical system that allows us to have a really fine grained forensic analysis of all of the constituent activities that comprise the complete encounter. So I often get people to think about any conversation in terms of a racetrack as having a kind of distinct architecture, a distinct landscape. So you start at the beginning of any encounter with your recipient or recipients, and then along the way, you complete various projects. So you can anticipate and avoid hurdles, or you can construct hurdles that might knock the interaction off course. So Conversation and analysis basically is interested in how people design projects all the way along the conversational racetrack and how different designs can lead to different conversational trajectories or outcomes, either avoiding or crashing into the racetrack's hurdles. Interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a yeah, and how do you say, evocative uh, analogy. It's a, you can definitely imagine, yeah, two people progressing along an, uh, an interaction. They're side by side, and and each one is advancing uh, uh, relative to the other, um, but not always uh, alternately. Yeah. So, so yeah. So so you can imagine two people sort of moving along it side by side and smoothly, or you can imagine if the racetrack has got the rumble strip at the side of that we have at the side of the motorway, then people might be sort of bumping along, um, and it takes them a while to get both of them together moving along and completing an encounter in, in, a, in a frictionless way. I see what you mean. So when side by side is smooth sailing and then when there's a, a, an offset, then they're, they're yeah. one of them struggling. Yeah. And some, some racetracks start where both parties are basically in the encounter for the same reason and they both kind of want to be in it for the same reason. Whereas some encounters start where, you know, someone doesn't even want to be in that conversation or they're misaligned right from the start and have to maybe try to become aligned as you move through the uh, along the racetrack mm, okay so well the the point i guess that 
I found most useful when I was just learning about it um, was that it's about the conversation and not the people. So um, I asked recently to help teach my students how to do this kind of analysis uh, for a simple way of explaining what it is that conversation analysis focuses on. Uh, on the EMCA hashtag on Twitter, that's Ethnomethodology and Conversation Analysis. Um, and there's a nice community there. Um, and uh, Paul Atkinson, who is an old hand um, at this game, uh, said, it's the study of actions, not actors. So it's always looking at the action that's being implemented and the turns, not the speakers. Uh, and that seems to be the biggest distinction between Certainly, conversation analysis and other approaches to okay. the psychology of interaction is that we're not interested in people, we're interested in turns and actions. Does conversation analysis include things like paralinguistics, like the, the, to the tonality in, in which the words are said, regardless of the emotional state that might have led to them? Uh, Liz, did you want to say something about that? Because yeah. you've worked much more on that kind of work. Yes, I mean, one of the things that people sometimes make the mistake when they're coming to understand conversation analysis is that they think we're, that we're all about words and single words and single sentences and that we're not interested in things like what, what generally might be lost as body language or tone of voice. But certainly all of those things like intonation and prosodic features, gestures, are all of, they all comprise the resources that we use to, to get things done. And one of the other key differences between conversation analysis and, and other methods, which I think um, goes a little bit further um, in um, the, the action, not the actor trajectory, is to think about how people typically understand why people talk the way they do. So a very common way to start, and, and lots of people believe this, is that we start with something like gender and assume that it's a man and a woman and therefore they talk those ways because they are essentially a man or a woman, um, right, rather right. than looking at the things that they're doing so to go back to my example of making a request if you believe in gender differences and start there then you might try to show and find that women ask for things in a more polite way and men are more direct but actually when you look at people building requests in settings of various kinds what you find is that they're oriented to things like how entitled are they to ask for the thing that they're asking um, how important is it uh, how um, relevant is it to the person who is maybe going to grant the request? How 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 much should they be fulfilling the request that you are making? And they're the kinds of things that generate different turn designs, not individual speakers, because they're a man or a woman. What right. why study conversation? Conversation is 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 crucial. It's the machinery that gets everyday life lived, whether you're at home or work. And one thing that really fascinates me as a psychologist is how little psychology has studied conversation. So we tend to, in psychology, when we want to understand anything at all, we get people to experimentally produce behaviour or simulate behaviour or report on behaviour later on a survey or an interview. We don't study the actual behaviour in the wild. And so we end up not really knowing very much about how much words and language and terms push and pull people around, simply because we haven't looked. And we also assume in psychology that people's behaviour is motivated by those things that are under the skull or in the head or in one's personality. And because we've done loads and loads of research on those kinds of factors, again, we, we simply don't know what is going on inside an interaction. And conversation analysis, interestingly, you know, in, in sort of parallel for 50 years, has been showing not only how systematic talk is, but you can 
understand the things that people say, which is, oh, everyone's very individual and everyone's idiosyncratic. And you can see those idiosyncrasies in, in real talk, but you can also see an underlying system of, of interaction that is, let's say, more universal than one individual in idiosyncratic way of, of saying hello, for instance. I see. Is that why it's more important to study what's being said than the, than the people saying it? Because it, it, it more easily leads to, to these discoveries of what's, uh, what's common amongst all conversations. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've shown, and I guess again, we'll, we'll come back to this later, how words in terms make a real difference to the trajectory of, of an outcome. And people don't know what they're doing, that they might be really good at doing to create an outcome in a conversation, but they can't report on it later. Um, and one of the jobs, at least for me as a conversation analyst who does a lot of research in settings, applied settings, and then sort of shows people what they're doing, is to get them to understand the things that they're doing that are effective and less effective. And we have to assume that if they knew what was effective, they'd do it all the time and there wouldn't need to be any analysis because people would just know. So although people might be really good at being a doctor or a police officer or a hostage negotiator, they can't tell you later what it was that they were doing that works. Because if they could, then all of their guidance and training and practice would be consistently good all the time. So that can't be the case. So the job of a conversation analyst, at least from my point of view, is to, is to reveal that tacit expertise that they, they don't know they have. Yeah, in, indeed. It, it reminded me as well um, of of uh, a lot of the advice that you could read in, in personal development books, which will, will tell you to do all of these things. There's a lot of things that you would read and think, well, that's absolutely true. You know, I should definitely do that next time I'm in conversation with someone. <laughs> but, uh, you know, in the heat of the moment, you, you would never remember, you would never remember to do it. Um, and, uh, but as we'll come to later, when designing voice interfaces, obviously, you know, as a programmer, you've got all the time in the world to implement these things. So a lot more of that research can be uh, brought to bear. The other, the other thing is that a lot of that a lot of that communication guidance is wrong and it's and at the same time as it's wrong it's also really compelling um so for example lots of people believe that communication is 93 percent body language because it's a fact in inverted commas that people have perpetuated for over 40 50 years and and what a lot of folks don't realize is that um the person who actually wrote that study back in the day has collaborated with other researchers since then to stop people perpetuating that myth about talk um and another Atkinson in, in our yeah. field Matt, yeah max atkinson has, has 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 made some very simple points which is things like how would you ever have a conversation in the dark if that was true <laughs> or you know for, for 93 percent of the time we'd only need one language in the I'm afraid that's the end of this episode's free preview. That's right, full episodes of the Voice Tech Podcast are only available for a limited period of time after their release. The full one-hour episode is available to Voice Tech Pro subscribers, along with all the other episodes we've produced. Go to voicetechpodcast.com pro, where for just a few dollars a month, you can become a Voice Tech Pro and receive a range of exclusive benefits. Voice Tech Pros get more content each month, you unlock access to the entire catalogue of full-length episodes, including this episode. You can enjoy extra content, such as exclusive interviews just for Voice Tech Pro subscribers, plus bonus questions in the main interviews. And you also get to hear episodes sooner than everyone else, weeks ahead of their public release, in fact. Voice Tech Pros also get a special role in our online community. 
high quality episodes with no ads and studio quality sound and a chance to support the show and ensure we keep on producing more great episodes like this one. So please go to voicetechpodcast.com slash pro and become a Voice Tech Pro today.